Welcome everyone. This is Ron Bush with Ron Bush Consulting and you're joining the Information Playground. I say it that way because you may be joining us on WVLP. Uh, that's a, a FM radio station in Valparaiso, Indiana. And if you're joining us there, it could be at 103.1 FM if you're local or uh, streaming us through WVLP.org. They're a great local radio station, active in the community. And I really hope uh, you check out their website. Uh, maybe underwrite some of the programs. You're welcome to underwrite the Information Playground, of course, but they've got some other fine programs as well. Uh, if you might be catching us on demand, by the way, with WVLP, we're on Monday mornings from 8 to 9 a.m. and Friday afternoons from 1 to 2. You may be catching us um, on, uh, on demand through any of the podcast platforms, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the rest of them, or at least the ones that I'm familiar with. Or you might be catching us on YouTube under uh, the Information Playground uh, on either uh, either platform. I've now turned my ringer off. So uh, uh, as we proceed uh, down the day, uh, my good friend uh, Larry Young is uh, is with us this morning, and he suggested that that he turn the tables on us. He's going to interview me. So. Um, bear with us. I'll probably be a little awkward with it, um, but, uh, but I'm sure he'll be great as always. Larry, tell the folks a little bit about yourself and, uh, and what you do before you turn the spotlight on me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. My name is Larry Young. I'm with Boiling Frog Development is the company that I own, and we help successful companies that want to grow to the next level who finally realize that what got them where they are won't get them to that next level. And so we help them through business development strategy and sales process and mapping. And boy, do we have fun with it. But we're gonna, we're gonna have fun today, aren't we, Ron? So <laughs> I had suggested that we turn the tables. You know, I've been on your show, what, six, seven times now? Probably. Yeah, probably somewhere in there. And so I thought it fitting that maybe, you know, the student had become the teacher, right? Is that kind of the saying, right? So, yeah. so this is not only this is the first time you've been interviewed on your show, it's the first time I've done a podcast interview. So we'll kind of muddle through that. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. Double awesome. treat for everybody. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. So are you ready to get started on the, on the grilling for, for your listeners? We're going <laughs> to grill you on so. cybersecurity now. I tell you, I've been a big fan of yours, you know, for we've known each other for about three years now. And then you own Ron Bush Consulting. You're you're a well-known speaker and author. Uh, you This is the topic that you love. And I, I love the fact that although I do something different, what you do is very similar in that you help businesses succeed, right, through protecting themselves and whatnot and being able to position themselves so they don't have the loss you know, or, or, or risk their business. And you've been doing that for a while now. Yes, sir. Yeah. Going on 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to start out, you know, sometimes, um, you know, kind of, it, it's a, it's a, it's a world in which there's a lot of uh, gloss and flair in the news, you know, if you will. And a lot of, you hear a lot of big stories and stuff, but I want to start with Ron Bush consulting and what you do. You do a number of things from, from risk assessment, you do policies and procedures, you help companies, uh, employee training. So I might be stealing some of your thunder with this next question. You also do a lot of the cybersecurity, but tell me, what does a cybersecurity consultant do, Ron? Oh, excellent question. And honestly, I appreciate the question because I'm sure a lot of folks 
have no idea. Yeah. So uh, a cybersecurity professional, there are several ways to look at this. Uh, from a consulting standpoint, um, I, I often advise people through a risk assessment, uh, through employee training, um, just through speaking on best practices. I often advise people of things they can do to make their data safer. Now that's, that's consulting. A risk assessment just means that I'll come in, I will look at first the, the physical perimeter, then I'll get into people because I want to look at all the different ways that, that an attack can happen. It can hap happen physically, it can happen through social engineering, um, it can happen over the, uh, over the phone, uh, over text, over email. 90% of viruses are delivered via email. So yeah. that's really a big subject, but, uh, but in, you know, they can walk through the front door too. Um, and often I give an example of that uh, in speaking, you know, where I come in, I'm dressed in a suit. I tell people I'm, I'm getting uh, ready to go for a job interview. Uh, somebody ran out in front of me, usually a little girl ran out in front of me. She's okay. But, um, but you know, I, I, I spilled coffee all over my resumes. Would you mind printing off one? And I, and I want to hand them a, a, a thumb drive. That's social engineering. Uh, I've convinced you to do something for me. I've basically manipulated you into now installing a virus on your network as soon as you stick that thumb drive in there. So that's one part. Uh, another part would be from uh, a managed services uh, standpoint. So I advise you or, or you know that you need uh, intrusion detection uh, devices or, or protection devices. Uh, you know that you need a firewall, uh, whatever the case might be, update your antivirus. Um, and that's what I do. If you don't have a provider, it may be that you have an IT department, but maybe they're over understaffed and overwhelmed with, mm -hmm. with issues. IT really today has the job of keeping the printers running and the, the systems all running and keeping everything up to date. Um, they really don't have time for a lot of things unless they're well-staffed and, and depends on the industry, depends on the, the company, of course, but uh, a lot of companies, that's the last place they want to spend money. The owner, owner doesn't really understand it or the board doesn't really understand IT. And so they hesitate to spend money where they don't feel it's needed. They would much rather spend it on advertising. They would much rather spend it, um, on uh, uh, stock options or other things, <laughs> other things come into play. And so a budget for cybersecurity just isn't always there or even for IT. Uh, the, the other way is uh, to really bring people to the public speaking side. Oftentimes they have no idea of anything. And I, I kind of pride myself really in being able to speak English as well as uh, geek. And so um, I, I, I try to, to live in both worlds and, uh, and, and the English parts helps uh, the business owner, business managers, uh, most of them don't speak geek. They need it in English. And so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of times for us on the other side, you know, your listeners and I, especially technologically challenged, you know, when, when it's talked over our heads, sometimes we shy into a crawl into a ball, if you will, and, and think that it will never, you know, affect us, you know, so to speak, you know, I, I'm kind of interested in how you really help your clients. And I'd like to go through if I could, um, and, and you've got a fantastic website that kind of lays this out, but <clears throat> I think a lot of times 
and that's probably where the consultant piece comes in the risk assessment, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes like for and now I'm speaking on behalf of me and probably some of your listeners in the fact that a lot of times we don't know what we don't know. Right. And, and so I imagine the risk assessment is kind of a tool that you use to try to understand my, my needs. Is that fair? Oh, very, very fair. So let's say that, that you have a business you've grown um, from um, oh, five employees. Uh, over the last few years, you've gone to 10 or 15 employees. Chances are, when I do a risk assessment, I'm going to walk in. You may have outgrown your space. You may have grown into a new space, a bigger space, or you may just almost have people's desk on top of each other practically. Yeah. I, I encounter both. Uh, I also encounter it the other way, where you've shrunk, either you've automated things or your business has dropped off. And now you, you have more, more space and more, um, you, don't have, uh, you don't have the business, the income coming in, the revenue. Oh. To okay. substantiate more people or more more uh, more costs, and so um, I look at it both ways. If if I walk in the door and I find it really easy, first thing that you learn is if you walk into a place and you act like you belong there, nobody's going to challenge you. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can walk in and I can walk around anywhere I want to and do anything I want to. Um, that's the first thing I'm going to talk to you about is perimeter defense. You need to train your employees. And it, it almost always comes back to education. You've got to train employees what to look for, what to stop, what to allow, what not to. Uh, you've got to train them uh, to, you know, it's called tailgating. If, I, if I'm uh, coming in on second shift and I just follow the last guy in the door when, when they walk in, it doesn't matter if it's a locked facility. Nobody's going to challenge me if I act like I, I belong there. Yeah. chances are. And so, um, so it's, it, it always comes back to training, but I'll look around. Eventually I'll get to the network and, and all the, the stuff that you would expect me to, the technological things, but that's not where it starts. It really starts being aware, knowing what the risks are, because really at the end of the day, cybersecurity is really just risk management. And if you don't sure. know what those risks are, you don't know how to manage them. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's symbolic when you talk about the perimeter. You know, when I worked in the corporate world and especially in the banking back when I was there, you know, we had we protected the perimeter, you know, from from bad individuals. But with cybersecurity, it's not only it's it's really not just the borders. It's 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 the computers. It's the systems. It's the protecting of those which I think ties into, you know, like your policies and procedures. I think you help companies develop policies, procedures, and, and whatnot. I'm curious, though, for all of us, how, just as a, a percentage, how many companies do you walk into that don't have policies and procedures? Oh, the vast majority. Really? If, that you're, many. In, if you're in healthcare, you're required by HIPAA to have information security policies and procedures. I have yet to walk into a doctor's office that had any. Hmm. It, it never happened. Hospitals, yeah, they do because they're afraid of being audited by Health and Human Services. But not your individual practitioners, not your dentists, not your chiropractors. Wow. None of those medical professionals who are required under HIPAA to have them, none of them do. Uh, they yeah. just don't. 
now you get into the larger clinics. Now, now you're, you run the risk of being audited. And again, you do find kind of hit or miss. It's usually the hospitals where I find them. And in any other, any other industry, other than financial services, I can't think of a, a time I have ever run into it. They wow. just don't. Now, Fortune 500, different because you've got your high profile. Mm-hmm. But um, financial services, they're different simply because usually in a stock uh, trader example, the brokerage is going to take care of that. Um, if, if you're in, in insurance sales, uh, chances are your insurance broker will take care of that. But if you're just a, a general agent by yourself, maybe you don't have those things going for you. You probably won't have information security policies and procedures. And there is no other industry that you're likely to find it unless you're a Fortune 500 company. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, you think about policies and procedures are, are really uh, on two sides of it are really no good if you don't have a risk assessment, right? Because I may be planning for something I'm really not preparing for. So it, isn't there kind of a saying that you can get anywhere you want to go if you don't have a map, right? right? And so the risk assessment, I assume, is you going in and questioning people. And, and what do you think about, again, goes back to the what I don't know, what I don't know. I want to know what I don't know, excuse me. And so then you can build policies and procedures. I'm curious, though, then out of the, on the flip side of that, out of the people that do have policies and procedures, how many of them do you think actually train on it? Like actually take it to the people? Excellent question. Even after I've helped them develop policies and procedures, if they don't bring me back to continue to train employees, it just, it's like a book that goes on a shelf. Yeah, we've got it yeah. right over there. But, yeah. but never do they do. And I've had clients like that. I've had clients where, I've come in, I've done risk assessment, I've written their policies and procedures, I've trained their existing employees, but then the next year rolls around or the next quarter rolls around. You know, Ron, we just, we've got too much going on or Ron, that has been a lousy year for us. We just can't afford to bring you in or, or Ron, we just, uh, uh, things are too unpredictable. This pandemic has been a real, uh, a real problem there because people just, we're in uncharted territories. They didn't know what to do. And so now I come back and, and they've hired three new people. They've lost two. They've had turnover. They now have new systems. That information security policies and procedures, you can have the best on the planet. But if nobody A, knows what they are, it doesn't matter. And if they don't know how to access them, it doesn't matter. And, it, and if they're not continually trained in it, when the stuff happens, then, then they don't think of it. They may mm-hmm. know what to do with a suspicious email, but in the heat of the moment, the phone's ringing, people are coming in the front door and they get this email. Well, they don't think because it's not, they haven't had recent training. They just aren't thinking that way and they click on it. And now they've, uh, they've installed ransomware, which is taking over their network. Yeah. Now everything comes to a stop. Yeah. I would imagine, what do you advise companies that you've gone in and done the risk assessment? Is it, do you recommend like quarterly training, monthly training, or is it uh, part of the new employee orientation? I mean, what do you, what do you recommend? Excellent question. So I recommend it now, first off, it depends on the company. It depends on the activity level. Uh, It depends on um, the, the industry even. Once again, financial services, things move really fast. You've got a lot of different regulations to, to adhere to. Uh, healthcare, HIPAA 
HIPAA probably has the most, most teeth of any particular regulation out there. Um, you may want to do quarterly assessments. You certainly want to do quarterly training. Uh, it, you may be able to get away with annual both, but you, it, it depends on your activity level. It depends on what you do. It depends on your, uh, do, you, do you mostly sell over the internet? Is your income generated from your website or is mm -hmm. it generated from your location? Are you brick and mortar or do you tele telephone sales? How do you, you know, where does the income come from and, and what's your profile like? At the end of the day, no matter who you are or what you are, there's uh, fishing simulation uh, products. I sell some, there are others on, available on the market. I think every company ought to be using that because that's the way 90% or more of all viruses are delivered. So if you're not thinking that way, then chances are, uh, that's the way you'll you'll get hit. That's that that will be your downfall. If you've got the phishing simulation, then on a regular basis you're going to get hit with a, a fake one, and it will say, "Guess what? You clicked on the wrong thing. Here's a video to remind you what to look for and how not how to avoid that." Well, most people don't want to sit there and watch the video, so they will look at every email, not knowing which one will be the fake and which one won't. So that, I, I want to I want to dig into that a little bit further. That's fascinating, and just in the fact that you had said earlier that most is uh, most uh, ransomware and things are delivered by email, and we've had this conversation in the past. But tell me about. And I think I'm going to use the wrong word, but you said simulation or fake. Is mm -hmm. that a program that a company purchases to uh, test their employees, if you will? Definitely, definitely. So I, I've got a couple of, uh, of vendors that I use and recommend Defendify is one which they bundle a host of things together. And they include, include fishing, fishing simulation in there where they send out a, a, um, a rogue email, if you will. It looks legit. Uh, it looks like uh, it belongs like all the rest of yours, your emails that you're going to get. But when you click on that, instead of installing ransomware, it'll just basically tell you uh, this was not a valid email. You shouldn't have. Uh, have clicked on this for this reason. The granddaddy in this arena is uh, no before. They're the ones that pretty much uh, uh, pioneered the area. They've been around for a good decade. Uh, those of you that have heard me recommend uh, uh, Michael uh, or Kevin Metnick rather, uh, he's a, a guy that was a hacker himself. Um, FBI busted him, he did his time, came out. And now he's he calls himself the uh, Oh, the featured hacker or the main hacker with no before. Um, oh, okay. But they do an excellent job. One is for a large corporation. The other one's for a smaller business. Both of them do great work at what they do. That's awesome. You know, I, I think I told you uh, on one of your podcasts, it's probably been months and months ago, but I told the story of how, you know, in the banking world, you had security and protocols for people to enter, employees to enter the bank in the beginning. And we used to be really bad at it, you know, and so I used to uh, run these fake drills, mm -hmm. you know, where they were, where the employees would come in. If they didn't follow it, I sat there with one of my little boys Nerf guns and shot them with the, the Nerf thing, you know, as a, as a simulation for a robbery. Basically, uh -huh. you didn't follow it and you put yourself and others in jeopardy type of thing. And so it seems like that uh, that simulation is a great tool to kind of keep it top of mind for people. 
It is. And, it and is that, and, and yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like you said, most of those manuals, sometimes you go to the work of the risk assessment, the policies and procedures, and now I feel good, right? Uh -huh. I feel good, like, yeah, I've done it. You know, now I feel strong. But at the end of the day, if people aren't carrying it out, it does no good. Exactly. Interesting. You know, uh, uh, you know, on the, I think it was probably four or five months ago, Ron, <clears throat> I told, I told uh, the, the quick story. You, you remember that of the pest company where the pest company came out to my house and I hired them and then, you know, it was bug Armageddon. Then the next time they come out, there was nothing. And then the, the next there was, there was, there was no bugs. And so after about six, seven months of seeing no bugs, I'm in my mind, I'm like, well, is this really doing anything? You know, is the, you know, am I paying this money per month and is it actually doing anything? And I, I tell your listeners that story quick, because I think from our chair, Ron, I think sometimes it's easy for business owners to think that way about cybersecurity in the fact that, well, I haven't been hacked. So is this really real? Right. Um, or, or is it potentially, you know, am I paying this money and is it really protecting me from anything? I mean, I just had something come up that cleans my computer that said it cleaned out, you know, 800 trackers or whatever. And I'm, I'm thinking, is that a real number? My point to all of this is maybe you could tell the listeners a little bit about What's happening on a, on a national sense, on a global sense with cybersecurity in the fact that it is real? I appreciate that. And, and I, love your, uh, I, I love your introduction to the question because you're exactly right. Sometimes people, when they don't have, uh, they don't experience an attack, they, they wonder if all of this stuff is true. You know, is, yeah. it, is it real? Um, the end of 2020, and... I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and throw numbers. Nobody, after a while, people's, everybody's eyes start to glaze over. You throw enough numbers at them. But 2020 was really one of the worst years on record. And they have done nothing but grow exponentially every year. I mean, you can, you can talk about the first uh, of the beginning, I guess, of cybercrime, really way back in, in the 60s. Um, you, could, you could make a case for there having been some, even though, the internet didn't even exist back then. But the 90s, uh, the 90s things started to take off. Um, the, the first decade of the 2000s, they have just every year just saw more and more, not just numbers of attacks, but inventive types of, of attacks. Um, this last decade uh, up through 2020, once again, uh, just off the charts, and at, now we've reached a point where you've got, um, you've got some of the most creative minds in this arena are working for the bad guys. Uh, the bad guys, uh, really the, the money to be made in cybercrime. Now, if you're in the US, um, it's, it's a risky proposition because we have laws that protect us and we'll put people in jail. Um, if you're in just about any other country on the planet, and there's exceptions to that, but almost every other country, you can sit there as long as your, your focus is maintained on America and get away with most things. Now, you, you uh, breach the Pentagon or, or you know, the NSA, things like that. Well, now you, you, you have some issues, yeah. but, but, that's, but that's it. And so what we find is the level um, the level of attacks. I, I, in, in December, we had um, major attacks, solar winds, which was at that time called the worst breach 
in history. Uh, solar Winds Attack. Solar Winds is a is a cybersecurity company, which makes it a little worse because they had other cybersecurities. FireEye is probably the largest cybersecurity company on the planet. Well, they're one of of SolarWinds customers, uh, one of their update, and, uh, and maybe we'll talk about updates. It depends on if you ask me about them, but, but it's uh, uh, one of the main things that everyone should do. But if you've got thousands and thousands of computers, well, you, don't you don't have the ability to do your own updates, chances are. So right. you pay somebody like SolarWinds, and in particular, their Orion service uh, to, to do all your updates. The, the hackers, and we aren't exactly sure who they are, and there may be, there's evidence there may be quite a few of them, not just one group. Uh, the, the blame falls first on, on Russia, um, and that's who, who the government has really pointed its fingers at, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's believed uh, that there are other groups, other Russian groups, other than the one they've identified, uh, but also other hacker groups around the, the planet that are involved in this. The problem with this is the Orion system was extremely, or is extremely expensive. Um, it's only your largest corporations. They had around 18,000 customers. A good many of them are large federal agencies like the Department of Justice is one of them. That's pretty bad. That's, um, that's yeah. what we depend on a lot. Uh, but the Treasury Department, all of those, they're they were taken down in that and they've seen evidences of attacks based on the data that was stolen through the solar winds attack. It was also, I've read as high as uh, 482 of the fortune 500 corporations also uh, their data stolen in that attack. Wow. wow. You, you add to that Axelion, which was reported in January uh, and by the way, that that solar winds attack happened for around nine months before it was discovered. So they were in there for nine months, and it's yeah. estimated there's there's a lot of back doors built in that we haven't found yet. As hard as we're looking, Excelion has Kroger uh, departments or uh, grocery store chain, but has uh, a good many, if not most, of your large corporations. They have a, a, a an FTP service. If you upload large files across the internet, you're going to use something. And uh, Excelion had a 20-year-old software. Uh, they were getting ready to, uh, to uh, end the life, is what it's called, in the end of life of that software. Uh, sometime probably around April or May of, of 2021, but they hadn't done it yet. And they wow. discovered in January they'd been hacked in some of your largest law firms, some of your other larger companies around the planet were there and they've discovered they're basically on a list. They're taking four or five a month and just plowing through each one of them, hacking them either through ransomware or through direct attacks, whatever data they've stolen. And then you add to that Microsoft and now they're pointing the finger at China, but it's also beginning to be believed wow. there are other groups in there besides that. They have 300,000 um, Microsoft exchange servers around the planet, 30,000 of them are in America. And that's that's the server. You've got all, these are large companies because small mom and pops don't use Microsoft Exchange servers. Mm -hmm. um, these are large corporations. And once you steal their data, you've got a whole list of individuals and other companies now that you can steal from and attack. And that's, that's where it's going. Wow. So it's big dollars. You know, 
Ron, we've got just a couple minutes till we get up to break. And after break, I want to, I do want to talk about updates and focus on what we can do to protect. But it, with just a couple minutes left, I wanted, I, I, I read that now they're kind of using ransomware going after like the industrial sector or certain sectors that, you know, that downtime is big money where, where they're forcing companies to pay. And I think that's kind of uh, a trend that you see pay to get out of jail, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Yeah, extortion has been around for a long time, and extortion is part of is uh, part of cybercrime has been around for a long time, but these guys have have taken it to a new level starting last year. Well, actually, 2019 too, but it became real popular in 2020 and 2021 has seen just that many more instances of it. If if I want to attack you and I want to steal, let's say your data, uh, if if I've taken you down, and it, the first question you've got to ask is, how long can you afford to be down? Yeah. If, if your income is over the, the internet, well, um, I take down your website, I stop your income, how long can you last? If, if uh, you've got people that need to work, employees that need to work on your systems, you're going to pay them, you, you've got to have some production out of them, and I take down your network, uh, how long can you stay down? So there's the first thing. I'll keep you down as long as I need to, either through DDoS attacks or wow. through ransomware for you to pay me what I want you to pay me. And then if you don't, you know, maybe I'll just take all that data that I've stolen from you and I'll just publish it on the World Wide Web. You don't want your competitors wow. to know who your clients are or who you're using for different uh, sources. Great. I'll tell the whole world, including wow. your competitors. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. A lot of unethical behavior out there. And of course, as you said, it's not like they're next door. You know, you know, they could be uh, thousands of miles away and whatnot. Very scary. Very scary. Well, Ron, I'm going to let you take us to break here. We're right at the halfway mark. And then we come back. I do want to talk about updates and really focus on what we can do to start protecting ourselves. Great. I appreciate that. Let me start with you, Larry. Tell folks how to, to get a hold of you, and then I'll launch into all the rest. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, my name is Larry Young. My company is Boiling Frog Development. I can be reached at boilingfrogdevelopment.com, uh, Facebook at Boiling Frog Development, of course, LinkedIn under Larry Young, or you can email me directly at boilingfrogdevelopment at gmail.com. Great, great. Well, I'm Ron Bush. I own Ron Bush Consulting. And as we've been discussing, it's a, an information security company. We consult with other businesses and organizations to help them keep their data, their clients, and their employees safe. Um, but we broadcast the information uh, playground in a number of different arenas. So I hope you're joining us on uh, WVLP. That's a great local radio station, community radio station. You can check them out at wvlp.org. If you're local uh, in Valparaiso, Indiana, it's 103.1 FM. Otherwise, stream us on wvlp.org. We're, uh, we're broadcast on Monday mornings from 8 to 9 and Friday afternoons rebroadcast from 1 to 2 p.m. You can also find us on demand on just about any of the, the uh, uh, podcast platforms under the information playground, all three words, I find that all three of those words are popular for podcast names. So it's the information playground. Uh, or you can find us on YouTube where you get to see uh, Larry and my smiling face as we, uh, we talk about this, all this stuff uh, today, the information playground at any of those sources. And thank you for being with us. If you're interested in underwriting, 
either on WVLP or on uh, YouTube or any of the podcasts, let me know. Ron at ronbushconsulting.com. Back awesome. to you, sir. All right. You're passing the baton back to me. You're ready. You're ready. You're, ready, you're, in, you're ready for more, right? Now this is, this is a great topic because it's, it's so relevant out there and it's scary. Right. And we had talked about, you know, earlier about whether you knew if it was real and it's real. I mean, data is being stolen and, and, and you think about it, these are big companies that have big IT departments that are being in. And then there's people like me, a solopreneur, or maybe you have five or 10 employees. I thought, um, one of the things that caught my attention for all of your listeners to try to go to your website, the ronbushconsulting.com, you've got some great blogs out there. You've got access to the videos that you were just mentioned, but one of the, the caught my eye and I want to embellish on scared me actually, but in the blog, you were talking about um, why businesses need uh, more, more than just policies and procedures. It was a blog you did about six months ago, but you were talking about I think you used the story of Jeffrey Epstein and you could insert any story, but the idea was that these cyber criminals are finding stories that are hot, like right now, and they're quickly building websites that whether it's SEO, get to the top, I assume, yeah. and you, and you click on there and you're trying to read and there's malware and malicious activity. Tell, tell us a little bit more about that. Right. Well, excellent, excellent question. So uh, first off, hackers, watch the news. Cyber criminals know what's going on. In fact, they may have a better, some of them may have a better feel for the pulse of the planet than, than the rest of us do. Because when there's, a, when there's any kind of, of event that they might be able to turn to their benefit, now whether that's the pandemic or it's a, uh, uh, it's a, uh, a hurricane or a tornado, damage from a tornado or a major fire, regardless of what it is, they'll easily come on, uh, they'll create uh, a website. Um, in fact, there were uh, hundreds of thousands of them created in the first half of 2020, dealing with the pandemic. Um, if you wanted to uh, donate, Red Cross has been spoofed several times because they do a lot of work in this area, but um, that's not to cut down on the, the gifts you give the Red Cross, but be sure you're, you're dealing with the Red Cross. Don't click on a link to get there go there on your own and make sure that you're with the bona fide Red Cross. Um, so they'll take the, the, the opportunity of the moment and they'll turn it to their advantage. And they can do that usually through email, but not always. They can pick up the phone and just have a, a bank of telecallers, telesolicitors or marketers, you might call them, that are, would you like to donate to this cause or to that cause? And they will send you the link let me have your email and I'll send you the link to, to donate or they'll give it to you. Of course, you're not going to a legitimate website. You're going to their website. And maybe, maybe there's a place to give and maybe there's not. Maybe it's not a good website. Maybe they've spoofed you somehow and they've just directed you to their website where they now have different type of malicious software on their website you may click around to try and find the place to give, and you may even give. So they'll take your credit card. Uh, now they've got that to come back with and charge other things, but they also have everything else, including they've just planted or installed virus on your computer. So now uh, you've got not only all your information is out there, they now have either a virus on your computer or a backdoor to come and go as they please. 
they can have what's called a, a RAT, a remote access Trojan on your machine. If you're using a laptop or something with a mic and a camera, uh, they control that. So they can listen to all your conversations uh, and record them. Uh, they don't have to turn the red light on to let you know that your mic's on uh, or that your camera's on. Uh, they can record a very famous incident it was back in 2013 with Miss Teen USA, who was hacked by a, a boy in her class um, with uh, the Black Shades virus, uh, remote access Trojan. He bought it for 40 bucks back then. It's, uh, it's less than $5 now. Um, you just get that on somebody else's machine and you can record everything they say or do that the camera can catch and the mic can catch or the mic can catch. So um, you do the same thing, by the way, on phones as well and tablets. Wow. Wow. So all of that is just, they've had decades to develop this stuff. They've learned from the best. They've stolen from the NSA. Uh, some of the best seven tools the NSA had, they stole back in 2015 or 2016. And they've been able to, to emulate what we pioneered with the Stuxnet virus. That was a, 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 a virus inside of a virus inside of a virus and, and targeted only a certain, uh, a certain type of, of uh, computer. In that case, it was a Siemens uh, 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 SCADA environment, uh, PLC is what I was trying to think of, programmable logic controller. In that case, uh, it was just, uh, it was just at, uh, targeted at three different models of the Siemens brand. And uh, because that's what Iran was using to, to uh, uh, improve or refine their uranium. But, but hackers have taken that and now they can go after Apple. They can go after uh, uh, Android devices. They can go after, of course, Window. Window being the more popular because mm -hmm. it's the bigger market. But... Uh, but they can go after financial services. They can do any of that. If they install a keylogger, which is extremely easy to do on your, on your system, along with a back door or with something that transmits the information, everything that you type into your computer now gets transmitted to them. So your bank account, your password, wow. everything you need to go, either they have a back door to come in and harvest the data whenever they want to, or they have it transmit to them at two in the morning or whenever they want it. Um, amazing amazing yeah. well you know you're talking about the you know the hot topics you know you think and you said you know cybersecurity was up last year but you know you had covid you had an election so you had a lot of people clicking on exciting stuff or you know that type of thing in fact i've even seen you know the emails are getting more sophisticated you know you talk about you know like again i was in the financial services so so there was there was fraud early on when you maybe you get like those calls you know and and then after a while, you know, you hear that and you think, who falls for that stuff anymore, right? You know, and of course, there's still people that simply do, I'm going to wire money or whatever, but they're getting so much more sophisticated. I mean, I've got even now to where I'll see emails come in where you scroll down to unsubscribe, you know, down below and you're like, wait a minute, that looks different. That doesn't look like, you know, and then that can possibly take you to an issue you know, that'll cause you problems. That's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. If you on that, if you know, for a fact that you subscribe to this, and it's recent enough that you trust that unsubscribing is okay, but nine times out of 10, uh, when you're finally ready to unsubscribe from something, 
you don't know if you if you subscribe to it or if it's right. the same publication. So just use your junk, your, whatever you're using to sort your email, uh, use your junk file to put that in and don't, because as soon as you hit unsubscribe, you raised your hand if it's a cyber criminal. Oh, this guy's live. This is obviously legitimate and he's reading him. So let's send him something else. And it won't be mm. from that thing that, that you're trying to unsubscribe from. It'll be from something that now they know your interest and what you pay attention to. It'll be from that direction. That's crazy. That's a great tip using, using that junk file. That's a, that's a great tip. You know, you think about uh, with the businesses, you know, what type of risk do they need to be concerned about? I know you've covered some of that, but is there any particular risk that they should be focusing on? I think almost all, all risk, almost all attacks start with social engineering. Almost all of them do. They, they need you to be interested to respond. So whether that response is on the phone or it's through an email or it's through a text, um, or it may just be um, something on online, maybe an ad on, on some website, legitimate website that you're looking at. If you click on it, a lot of times they call it clickbait. If, you, if you're at the downside of an article, the bottom of an article, and, and there's all these interesting things to take a look at, and you, you know, cute puppies, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. and you click on that, well, you'll go there. But they've used social engineering to tantalize you, to get your curiosity up. So if, if you get an email from someone that you don't know, don't click on it. If you get an email from someone that you did not solicit, but you do know them, pick up the phone and say, hey, Larry, I just got an email from you with an attachment or a link, or I just got an email from you. Did, did we discuss that? Is this really from you? If you say no, uh, then I know I need to get rid of that thing as quick as I can get rid of it. Yeah. Um, and definitely don't, don't, uh, don't uh, click on it. If you get something from your mother, she'll appreciate the call. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Pick up the phone and ask her, did you send yeah. this to me? Yeah. 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 I suppose there's a difference between just reading somebody's email and then clicking on things, just kind of taking that next step. I want to kind of move uh, into that updates, but before I do, because I want to know who our villains are, if you will. And um, in your book, um, I don't know if you've got a copy of your book, you can kind of show there. I, my mind's in the other room. Yeah. So <laughs> staying safe in a dangerous world, think before you click, which is what we were talking about. In there, you talk about uh, white hats, black hats, and gray hats. Could you kind of, you know, for the, for the listeners define, you kind of, you do in your book, but I'd like to hear it verbally from your mouth. I appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunity to show, show the book. I usually forget yeah. to do that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so uh, those that are old enough to remember the old Westerns will, will uh, recall that in the beginning of movies and even, even television, when, when Westerns were big, the good guys always wore a white hat and the bad guys always wore a black hat. You had, yeah. And everything was black and white in those days. So you didn't have to, I mean, you wouldn't have known red or blue probably anyway but you can tell black and white. So it's kind of, well, it's exactly that same way. A good hat hacker is going to be the guy that goes through programs and looks at what's going on on the web and he'll see a vulnerability in Windows or he'll see a vulnerability in Office, Microsoft Office, and he'll report it to Microsoft. He'll say, I've discovered this vulnerability. It's on, it's when you do this or it's on, most of them have source code, they go through that. And, and 
I don't want to get too deep in the weeds. You and I are not going to see source code on Windows, but hackers steal source code. Uh, and the reason for that is because uh, it's written in a, a, a language that has to be compiled. The compiled version goes on the, 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 the computer that you and I look at, and it's machine code at that point, it's ones and zeros. And there are a few, few people that can read that. Um, they're, they're wired a little different from us. They, the financial district calls them quants, quantitative analysts, but often they've got Asperger's or they've got some other, something else that, you know, sometimes it shorts them over here. If you, if you watch the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon is probably oh, that. Sure. that um, you know, he, he, he's, he's brilliant in this arena, but he lacks in, in others. My brother was like that. He, he, his was calendar. Uh, I had a, a, a brother who's passed away now, but he um, he had uh, autism. And if you told him the date that you were born, uh, he not only always remembered that, but he also told you immediately you were born on Wednesday and whatever it was. He knew the day. He just wow. somehow, and I, I don't know how it works, but but he did. There are people like that that can read source code. Most of them, though, uh, or that read machine code, most of them read source code and what they'll do is they'll report it to the, the individual. Apple uh, shocked everybody a few years ago when they first uh, told everyone they wouldn't allow third-party antivirus uh, software to run because they felt that, that uh, their operating iOS uh, was secure and they didn't need that. And so uh, then a good deal of the hackers took that as a challenge and went after that. So then they came out the following year with a, a bounty, and that's what it's called, a bug bounty, uh, of a million dollars if you could find a, a, a vulnerability in their operating system. Now, to the best of my knowledge, nobody collected on that, and Apple surely would not advertise it if they did. But that's a white hat hacker. A black hat hacker is the exact opposite. He's the guy that looks at, through the source code. He looks for those vulnerabilities. And they don't all have to read because the dark web is full of all kinds, even the World Wide Web. When there's a vulnerability spotted, um, it, it's, it's printed everywhere. It's publicized everywhere. Oh, this has just been found. And since most people don't do their updates, you still got a good shot at doing it, if you're a black hat hacker, of, of finding that vulnerability out there. If, um, if, if you own Microsoft, if you're a hacker that specializes in in, in Windows or Office vulnerabilities, once a month, they send updates out. Well, almost all of those updates, it's called Patch Tuesday. They're usually on the second or the third Tuesday of the month, usually the second. Almost all of them deal with security issues. And so if you don't update, well, you're still at risk for that. Microsoft has patched that, that vulnerability. Hackers now get those too. And they know what those vulnerabilities are. And so they, they modify existing, uh, it's called malware, malicious software. They modify that to attack that vulnerability that now they know about thanks to, uh, to Microsoft. So that's a black hat hacker. They go after the vulnerabilities. The gray hat guy, he's the middle of the road guy. You know, he's got to pay the rent this month. He's a little short. Hey, he'll send out a little ransomware. He'll do a little, little dance or something. On the other hand, you know, he might, gee, I've just found this. Microsoft will pay me, you know, $5,000 for it. And 
I'm a little hot from that last escapade <laughs> I did. You know, maybe I better cool it. I'll just report this to Microsoft. He, he straddles the fence. Uh, wow. If he thinks he can make a killing in this area, well, he'll go do it. And if he thinks it's safer over there, he'll, he'll do that. It's almost like hacker for hire, right? Exactly. <laughs> Just yeah, fighting the ethics between good and bad. I can see the the two hackers on each shoulder, right? You're trying to listen to which one is. <laughs> so well, and you actually one. have that too. Uh, you have uh, corporate uh, uh, corporate uh, espionage has never been more popular than it is now, thanks to the internet. And so you may look for a, a gray hat hacker. You know, if you're that lack of integrity, that corporate owner. Uh, that you want to get an edge on your competition, uh, you know, you might pay that guy. He's, he's not going to out there to, to spoil um, the, the competition. He's not out there to, to do him in or to extort money from him because he's getting paid by you, the, the, the owner with the lack of integrity. He's just out there to find stuff that you can use, data that you can use. What's that intellectual property you have? I mean, that happens on a daily basis too. It isn't written about as much. But that's your gray hat hacker as well. Okay. Okay. Well, we've got about 10 minutes left in the show here. Uh, I want to focus kind of on that updates. You were touching on it before, mm -hmm. but maybe take us in terms of just um, uh, siloing a little bit for some of the listeners like me that are, you know, maybe like single business owners or small, you know, when we're thinking about, you know, Norton 360 and McAfee and, you know, those things. And there's limitations, I assume, on those. But maybe talk to us about how we kind of protect and then transition maybe into some of your bigger clients and just some of the general things they should be thinking about in terms of updates and things like that. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. So um, the, the, the little guy, the mom and pop, the small to mid-sized business, there are some things that you need to do. Um, I'll talk about the Fortune 500, the larger corporation in just a minute, but everybody uh, can A, have strong passwords. Imagine your, your front door. I mean, you can have put bars on all the windows and the back door and everything else. If your front door is standing right, wide open, that's where oh. people are gonna come in. So that's the password. Make it long and strong, use a password manager. You're gonna spend 50 to 75 bucks a year if you're an individual for a good password manager and they're easy to find out, just uh, go on online and Google the, the top, uh, top three or the top five password management programs. Um, 50 to 75 a year, if you're a coffee drinker, you spend more than that on coffee. Yeah. So, um, so that's, that's over and done. The next thing is updates. Again, it, it doesn't matter how safe Microsoft or Apple makes their operating systems. If you don't apply the updates when they send them to you, then you're still at risk for everything that's been resolved. So do it and do it as quickly as possible. It's often said that Patch Tuesday is followed by Hacker Wednesday because now the bad guys know what to attack. Mm -hmm. So do the updates. Once in a while, I've not heard of a problem with Apple. I, I did years ago. Apple had one issue where they'd sent out an update too early and it affected some people. Microsoft has it happen every, oh, every blue moon, maybe once a year, uh, max twice a year, where they'll send out an update too soon and it's, it needs to be fixed, but then they follow it with an update. Um, if you don't do it when it comes out, then you're at risk until you do it. 
So do the updates, do them as soon as you can. And don't forget all your other devices. Your router has operating system. Your, if you have firewall appliance, it has an operating system. You have a modem, it has an operating system. All that stuff gets updated and, and uh, you probably don't get an automatic update from them unless you've paid for it through some sort of service. So that requires you go out to their website, see if there's new uh, updates to download. And maybe you do that with those things, maybe quarterly, wouldn't hurt monthly, but if you don't have time, maybe quarterly, because they come out either as needed or on an annual basis. And you have no way of knowing unless they tell you when they're coming okay. out. I'm yeah. going to jump in. I'm going to jump in before you go to the bigger companies, but just for your listeners. So what I hear is making sure that the password, password management programs are having strength. These are for us individuals and us smaller businesses. Update often going in. I'm sure somebody smarter than me could tell me there's probably a way to have automatic updates, I think, over the night, things like that. I never thought about router. You know, I, I, I don't go into my router all that often, you know, and things like that, but you got the phone all those things. So keeping those updated. And then I would imagine a good uh, protection program like a, a Norton or a WebRoot or McAfee or something like that makes sense. Is that fair? Exactly right. And there's things to consider. We're almost out of time, so I won't go into the, the ins and outs. There's things to consider on the antivirus, anti-malware uh, stuff. All the brands you just mentioned are all good brands. Uh, look at their website. Uh, VPN, especially with work from home, you know, all the, 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 the employees that are suddenly working from home this last year that never had before, uh, you've got, uh, you know, you've got, if you've got kids, chances are they're not as, as observant where they go on the web as you are. If they pick up one of those uh, viruses, bring it home to your router that you haven't updated, and now you catch it as a result of that, uh, that's your work computer. So now when you tie into the corporate computer or the corporate server, you infect that network when it can just explode uh, from one little infection to your your child's uh, uh, you know went to what they thought was a legitimate website kids websites are all the time being hacked yeah because kids don't think of security they don't care about that stuff they're kids they just they just click on it yeah, yeah my wife works uh, uh for federal and, and a state job. And she, when she was like, during COVID, she had to work from home and she had to bring her own cords in and her own, you know, and, and it couldn't hook to anything in our home other than our, I think direct in our router, but, to, but nevertheless, there was all these protections. And I would think on the companies you consult in as we're wrapping up on a bigger scale, you, know, you work with larger companies as well, that they have to be concerned about all those things as well. Uh, they have to be concerned about all those things and many more. You get into firewalls, uh, you get into, if you've got uh, staff working at home, uh, they really should have their own connection that only they use with their company computer. When you start mixing personal and business together on yeah. anything, now you've got other issues to deal with, especially if you have compliance issues. Um, so I, you're keeping track of the time, so I don't want to over talk yeah. about yeah. Well, I tell you, you know, uh, and all the times I've been on this podcast, I've been dying to say this, but, you know, we're on the information playground today. So I've been dying to say that. But what I want to leave you with, Ron, is, you know, tell the listeners, you know, how they reach you. And, um, and maybe one, if you've got one last uh, tip or, or something you want us to consider with uh, cybersecurity, and then I'll let you go ahead and bring it home for us. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, it, it's been a pleasure. It really has it felt a little different. I hesitate to use the word awkward, but a little different. Um, but man, you did a great job. Um, you should be doing this instead of me. <laughs> um, but um, I, I thank you for, uh, for the opportunity to talk about a subject I'm very passionate about. I think the, the best thing that any individual or any company can do uh, is, is learn, educate yourself. There's, there's too much to know and too many risks to deal with if you, if you don't seek out the information. The mainstream press uh, concentrates on, on whatever sells, whether it's papers or ratings, whatever it is, they're a business just like the rest of us. And, and most of their reporters, unless they've, they've got a reporter they've devoted to cybersecurity, most of them aren't gonna understand this. They don't know any more than you do. And their, their attention is going to be, they're covering a war one day, they're covering a, uh, a bank robbery the next day. They don't have time to get into all this. It's up to you. It's up to you to protect yourself. We can't afford to put a policeman on every corner or one in every home just to make sure your home's protected. You've got to protect yourself. You lock your doors, you got to lock up your, your computer at the same time, as well as your phone and your tablet. Uh, and you've got to educate your family and your other employees too. Everybody, this is everybody's fight. It isn't just uh, the big guys, it's everyone's fight. So uh, that said, Larry, thank you for being my guest today. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. You were you were a wonderful interviewee, and it was it's insightful to listen. You know, when you hear these stories on the news, Ron, they're they're lagging stories. You know, in the fact that it's probably somewhere back, whether it was a week or a month or six months ago, some company didn't protect themselves the way they did. And when I think about your company, from being able to help people with assessments and the policies, the procedures, the training, and the cybersecurity, what you're doing is protecting America's business. So hats off to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. If you want to reach Larry, you can catch him at? Boilingfrogdevelopment at gmail.com. And Ron at ronbushconsulting.com. Uh, check out our website. Uh, send me an email if you've got questions, thoughts, um, if you're interested in the radio program, the radio uh, version of the program, check out WVLP. We're on there Monday mornings from 8 to 9 and rebroadcast on Fridays from 1 to 2. And that's Central Time. It's in uh, Northwest Indiana. Check us out on demand on uh, podcast platforms like uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify. Or check us out on YouTube all under the information playground. So thank you for being with us today. Um, I usually give you the last word, Larry, after I do all that. Um, it's all you. I will, uh, I will ask everyone, to, if you, if you uh, have liked today's program, let us know. If you've gotten anything out of this, let us know that. Let uh, WVLP, it's info at WVLP.org. Check out their website. You can email from their website. Um, and and take to heart what we've talked about. There isn't any of this that is outside anybody's reach. Uh, it, it's a matter of education. It's a matter of learning. But it's really a matter of giving your attention to it. It isn't that we can outsmart the smartest guys on the bad side. But we can certainly make it more difficult and time consuming. And chances are, they'll go somewhere else. There's enough people that have let me in and QWERTY and, and password123 as a password. Don't do that. Do the smart stuff. 
Thank you for being with us. Bye for now.